Hey everybody, and welcome to an all-new edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. We've got a lot of stuff to get into today, but before we do any of that, I should introduce my co-host. <laughs> and myself. I'm Andy. Sitting across the table from me is Jenny. Hello. And 111 miles to our southwest, as usual, is Megan. Hello. Hell of an opening. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I'm one take Jake here, so we're not going to do this again. What uh, does that mean? One take Jake. Oh, what's that? It's just like, if the word take was a different word, I'd rhyme it with whatever that word was. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, okay. You know, no edits, no editing. Oh, sure. Yeah, did one you take. listen to last week's show? Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm actually one episode behind. Well, you'll, 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 uh, you'll soon hear all the editing I didn't do. What? Yeah, that's right. I, I purposely held silent for 20 seconds so that you would have to edit the one thing I did. Okay, I did edit that. <laughs> and Jenny the one is thing... having editing protests. <laughs> and the one thing that you specifically asked me to edit out later, I did also edit that out. <laughs> or no, I didn't. We talked about it and like, uh, and mm. it was funny. So it we'll wasn't funny, it. but okay. it was whatever. Yeah. And he's getting lazy during his quarantine. That's not true. That's not true at all. Uh, okay, but now that I've introduced all the guests and before we get into our usual business, We'll start with our most important usual business, which is... The Elite Beat Pop of the Week! What do we have this week here in Columbus, Jenny? This week, we have a Schramsberg Brut Rosé Sparkling Wine. This comes to us from the great state of California. Okay. Um, that's all I know. But more importantly, my favorite champagnery is now following us on our Instagram account, at the Elite Beat Pod. That's right. Gilles Dumont-Jean is following us, and he reposted one of our pictures, and I've never been more proud or more excited in my entire life. Until he unfollows us once he realizes oh, it's mostly wrestling. Well, we just well, it's, it's not mostly wrestling, though, so <laughs> I, guess, I guess there's a chance he'll just stick with it. I've gone back. It's about half and half. Okay. I was like, let's be real. It's a champagne Instagram. <laughs> Which, you know, I guess we'll just have to continue so that Gio will continue to follow us. Mm. Let me open this guy. This, unfortunately, is not Gio's wine, but we did drink a little over the weekend of it. We did a blind tasting. Took a lot of it over the weekend. Of his uh, Brut Rosé and his 2008 vintage Brut Rosé um, against Ruinart Brut Rosé. Yeah. And it was delicious. It was. Megan. What do you have in Cincinnati? I've got a crack this week, and it's uh, one I've had before. Rhyme guys, truth. I went beer because last week when you guys were forced to drink beer, I thought I too have not had beer in a while. So <laughs> here we are. That was a mistake. That was not our cheers. Let's, let's hear your. Let's hear your crack. <laughs> All right. Oh. oh, that was satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like oh. Stone Cold Steve Austin is here. Oh, this hell yeah! This sparkling wine is like drinking a um, what's the um, tart uh, sugar things that come in like a roll? Sweet roll, yeah. sweet tart, sweet tart, sweet, yeah. sweet roll. Like and not that. in a good way, people. Oh no, it's okay. Maybe I'm just I've, I've been get, drinking. Get red on your on your tongue. Has been drinking Jenny over here. <laughs> You and Adam Page. <laughs> yes. Megan, I am I am I'm uh 
I'm a little sad that you don't have a bottle of sparkling to open this week. You know what? Honestly, I am too because of uh, the gift that you two sent me, which was a champagne opening device to make my struggle less of a struggle. But I drank my sparkling bottle of wine this week during Jenny's birthday celebration, so ah, I thought that ah. was more important. That is, that was more important. That and, is. And thank you for joining us for that again. Yes, that was oh. very fun. No, thank you for inviting me. I loved our little virtual party, but I did. I drank my mum, and I loved it. But alas, now I have beer. Next week, I'm going to use the opening device, I promise. Are we still on track for the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society on Saturday night? Yeah, don't ask me to ever say the name of the movie that you're (laughs) having me watch, but I'm I'm on board. I think you're going to love it. Okay, and I, I probably will, uh, that's a good to remember because I need to get two bottles of champagne for this week coming up. <laughs> so. I uh, placed a, a curbside order and I ordered four bottles of sparkling mm-hmm. wine. Last time they only gave me one, so I'm hoping they will <laughs> fulfill my order this time instead of just giving me one of six. Wow, yeah. I that felt is so judged. So judge. I ordered six bottles of wine for a goddamn reason, Giant Eagle. Are they putting, like, limits on your wine now? Because that would be very upsetting. No, I mean, like, I ordered six so I could get the 10% discount. And I would also drink six bottles of wine. Well, yeah, everybody knows that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if they only give me one again. Well, I, I hope that they don't. I hope they give you everything you order because that's just, ugh, that's disappointing. Uh, and don't limit the sparkling wine, people. It, yeah. It's tough times. Just get that wine out there. It's tough times. Sparkling wine is not just for celebrations. It's also just for everyday drinking. It's for Tuesdays. It is for Tuesdays. Or Thursdays. Yeah, today's Thursday. Well, Jenny, you're all fired up in advance, so... Uh, yeah. Well, uh, also, good news. Big champagne, sparkling wine news. Not champagne, but sparkling wine news for our sparkling wine podcast. Um, I am now a Glory Farrar member, just like Megan. Oh. I thought you were declaring yourself Gloria Farrar, and I was like, how... How does that work? But I'm <laughs> glad you're a member. Ah, I'm my club member again. Nice. Yeah. My first shipment is going to get shipped out, I think, on the 5th of yep. May. Yep. Mine's coming sometime around there, too. So, yeah. Pretty excited. Very exciting. Megan, no no news on our Ledson shipment well, yet. Keep me posted. I wouldn't be surprised if it, like, you know, if their production is slowed due to current circumstances. Agree. I'll let you know. Well, let's uh, let's let's maybe get into some stuff. We're gonna switch it up a little bit. Uh, oh, we're gonna cheers. Yeah. Okay. Cheers. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna switch things up a little bit today. There is news that uh, that will not wait. It's not. It's not breaking news. It's not new news, but. It's new since last time we sat together and talked about it. And I will I will read this item from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. And then I will give the floor to Jenny. <laughs> 
Dave Meltzer reported that AEW is set to return to Jacksonville, Florida on Wednesday, May 6th. The new details as of Thursday, April 23rd, according to Meltzer, is that that stretch will last three weeks, alternating between live and taped. The May 6th Dynamite will air live, with the following week's show also filmed on the 6th. Then, the May 20th Dynamite will return to live with no plan for now as, uh, as for what happens after that. As of now, the May 23rd Double or Nothing pay-per-view will also be held in Jacksonville. Returning to their home base recently became an option as the state adjusted their executive order to make pro sports and media production essential businesses, opening up the door for WWE to resume tapings at the Orlando, Florida-based Performance Center and for AEW to resume at Daly's Place. So I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but we discussed this on our podcast that the horrible, horrible people of WWE had gotten Florida to declare wrestling as an essential business. And I said during that podcast that I bet you, with the poor way that AEW has been handling this, that they're going to leverage that stipulation and be just as bad as WWE and start doing live tapings again in Florida. And I have never felt so vindicated and sad in my life. Both, huh? Both. I'm so disappointed with the way that my chosen wrestling company has handled this entire situation. They're putting themselves on par with Vince McMahon. And I don't think anyone there thinks that they should be at his level. And they are. Megan? I... Prior to our discussion last week, would say I truly don't understand what the point is of doing a live show when there is no audience to be part of it. But I guess with the contact track stipulations that may or may not be weirdly enforced, even though they shouldn't be at this point, I can give them the benefit of the doubt and say they're going live because they have to. But, like, logistically, I don't really understand the difference between just taping ahead of time and going live because there's no audience. You can't tell the difference. There are no spoilers. So, in the best scenario, I would say tape. But it sounds like, like you said, the news story said they would alternate between live and taping. So, maybe they're going to do the best they can with what they've got. I, I, so, I guess my wondering is... If Dave is right about this, this schedule, they're they're going live on the fifth. They're airing a taped show on the twelfth. I'm sorry, not the fifth. The sixth, right? Yeah, the the uh, the sixth. Sorry, the yeah. Sixth. So they're they're going live on the sixth. They're airing a taped show on the twelfth on the thirteenth that they will tape mm-hmm. in that same period of time. But then they're going live again on the twentieth. Yeah, through the weekend. Oh, I guess because definitely nothing is just a few days later. Okay, yeah. well, I, 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 that makes more sense to me now. Okay. And when Tony Khan press, uh, publicized this, he said that a much broader population of the roster is going to be, be available during these tapings. They're going to be flying more people in. I mean, maybe, maybe they're all just going to ride in the back of John Moxley's truck. <laughs> That's illegal, I too. Hope- no, I hope that's the way it goes. Just all <laughs> the California have... guys pile out of the back? Yeah, if you have to pick between two illegal things, I, I hope it's them riding the back of a truck from California to Florida. Because Moxley said on this week's show that he's driving to uh, Jacksonville. 
Yeah, he's loading up his dogs. I don't Is think he's loading his up wife. Renee? I don't think so. She's so fucking bored. She she might like hide in the back of his truck. Yeah, but uh, is she still doing? Yeah, she has to anchor the the Tuesday night show from her uh, from her the living room or whatever. Yeah, the the <laughs> WWE Fox show. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Could she do that from a hotel room? I guess she at least knows that uh, John won't be around to like make an unwanted cameo appearance on it this week. So did he do week. that? Oh yeah, he like he like threw the dog at her and scared her while she was on camera. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> that's really funny. I like her short hair. Yeah. I always like her better with short hair. Yeah. Um. She made really good burgers this week she actually did burgers on the grill but with a cast iron skillet oh yeah what does that do i don't probably just keeps more grease with the burgers which is not what i'm looking for in a burger but like made them look pretty juicy Mm. but then she used american cheese he uses american cheese on a A burger crime a true crime agreed well she's canadian she doesn't know any better well she should know not to use american cheese then she shouldn't have any like Child nostalgia for it. Nostalgia for it, exactly. Um, I I am I'm so torn about how I feel about this because on the one hand, and I was talking to Megan about this earlier this week, but oh, without me, yeah. Um, well, I wanted you to save it all up for tonight. <laughs> uh, and now I can't bring down the energy. Mm. The commenting on AEW's irresponsible practices. Oh, this is bad. So that's just it, Megan. They are irresponsible practices, and I recognize that fully. I, I am disappointed in them for doing this. At the same time, I am fucking excited about having a live show with more of the roster available next week. Okay, so is it the additional roster that gets you excited? Because other than that, what's different? It's mostly the additional roster. And okay. and being back in Daly's place, because that, that gem was starting to look pretty sad week after week. <laughs> It it was, but at the same time, like, I was just getting into the, like, settling into the indie show vibe of it, where the noise that the roster around the edge has made was, it was enough to make me feel like, at least this place isn't empty. <laughs> at least yeah. there's something happening. Well, hopefully these shows will be, like, the first week at Daly's Place, where they do have the people scattered throughout the... I hope so. I hope it's the not crowd, the people yeah. in the trailer again. I won't be able to stand that. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I am. I like I like intellectually and morally, <laughs> I don't think they should be doing this. But like as a fan who just wants to see a good show, I think this has a. I mean, I think this is probably going to be a really good show because a lot of people are going to be there for the first time in a while, and they're going to be excited and fired up. Yeah, that's that is exciting, and we all knew they were going to do double or nothing quote-unquote live anyway so i guess this is just kind of a half step to get there well no i mean they're doing two tapings before double or nothing they had enough they had enough footage to get them through to the double or nothing that's why we had two main events this week on dynamite and why Brandy was wearing two different outfits. Exactly. And why Dasha was wearing two different outfits. Mm-hmm. You mean they didn't just go change? <laughs> Don't shatter my reality. Um, and why Brandy was not selling her neck in the main event. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... I, 
that that to me is another thing. It's like, why can't they just tape? Why can't they tape everything? Why can't they tape double or nothing? Who's going to know? Because they don't want to. They felt like it was getting stale. This is a choice. This is a voluntary decision that this company is making. Mm. They know the risks, and they are choosing to ignore them and to make this decision. Yeah. Yeah, you're. I mean, you're not wrong. But. And I am so incredibly disappointed. I mean, they're not full on Georgia yet, so. What do you mean by that? I mean, they they haven't opened up entirely. I don't, I don't know. The state of Georgia is making some decisions. Well, yeah, but, I mean, the state of Florida is making some decisions, and they're, like, gleefully going along with them. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm where Andy's at, where I feel bad being happy that I get some new blood on my TV, but at the same time, I acknowledge that this probably means another month or two of not doing anything for me. Because I'm not going to go out while the the silly people that think coronavirus is a lie or that they just won't get it are running around. So I, it's a trade-off, I guess. I'm going to go ahead and throw this other news item in here before we get to the other stuff just because uh, it's kind of related. Go for it. Um, this is from Mike Johnson at PW Insider. This is some insight into the last four weeks at, uh, of uh, TV. Of AEW specifically? Five weeks of two years, yeah. Uh, If you enjoyed the last few weeks of AEW Dynamite, including tonight's episode, yesterday tonight's episode, the shows taped in Georgia were all written by AEW president Tony Khan. The word making the rounds is that Khan, realizing that he was going to have a very small crew due to shut-in rulings around the country, sat down and wrote the last four weeks of TV on the fly at once by himself in a matter of minutes, built around the TNT Championship Tournament and the local talents that were available. It felt like something that was written in a matter of minutes. <laughs> felt like one of those like housewife books where they say, it's just like writing a long email. It was very much a trial-by-fire moment where Khan and his crew had to quickly pivot and come up with something that could work to further the company's storylines and utilize their reduced resources in terms of crew and talent. We were told that Cody was very instrumental in helping put things together as Khan's right hand and has been very hands-on with not only his own programs, but with helping others. Chris Jericho has also gotten a ton of praise for all his work on commentary which he did off the top of his head with less than 24 hours notice that he'd be needed in the role, and with putting together the vignettes for the Inner Circle. Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends have also gotten a lot of praise internally for their work as they wrestled four times over 24 hours for those tapings, and pretty much everyone who was involved, including the enhancement talent, was said to have put in a ton of work to make everything click. It was described as a big bonding experience for the talents who were in Georgia. Many of the enhancement talents were brought in by QT Marshall. Uh, Johnson also notes that the Double or Nothing pay-per-view will most likely be on a closed set from Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, internally, the hope is to make things up to the Las Vegas fans with the 2021 edition. And he also says, this is just another little thing, remember how Anna Jay signed a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Anna Jay, the company's newest signing, had only worked seven matches when she appeared on AEW TV earlier this month. She's hot. <laughs> well, she was good. Like she she's she has natural talent, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Megan, do you agree with me? The primary decision there was that she was hot. I don't. I wouldn't say primary, but I'm not going to take <laughs> away her hotness from her. I mean, she did really well. I definitely would have thought she had more experience than just eight matches. Yeah, I, I would have thought that too. I would have thought she was green, but more than eight matches. 
And I guess I've only got one more news item anyway, so I'll just burn it here. Okay. Cody is attempting to trademark the name Cody Rhodes. WWE had the trademark to the name, but his sense let it expire, and on the first day he could apply for it, he did. So I hope he's able to get that. That makes sense, but he lied to us um, in that interview he did a few months ago saying that he could have always used Cody Rhodes and that he wasn't strategically saying Cody and Brandy Rhodes as his intro in the beginning. Well, He's such a fucking liar. I think it's possible that, like, he might have had, like, an agreement with them that he was allowed to use it, but they still own the trademark on it. I don't believe anything he says now. Okay. You have stopped believing him since, I believe... The neck tattoo. Oh, okay. Was that the real breaking point? I thought when he promised never to challenge for the AEW world title, you were like, he's lying. He will. Oh, yeah, he will. He definitely will. Okay. I mean, he hasn't yet. No, but he will. Okay. I, I know that's coming. And I'm going to open up my own fancy bottle of champagne on that day, and I'm not going to share it with anyone else. Okay. Because, because we were mean to you about it no because you don't believe me i mean i believe you i just don't care as much (laughs) (laughs) i think is where i land on it it's like of course he will challenge eventually i'm not bitter about that i'm just i'm just so annoyed because you can't hold yourself up to be at a higher moral and higher standards than other wrestling companies and then act in the same manner it is infuriating. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm just, uh, it's like, if they didn't hold them up, if they didn't hold themselves up to this higher standard and put themselves on this high horse, I would not be so angry when they acted like WWE. All right, that's fair. Okay. You can't break a throne and then build one. Oh, you can break a throne. <laughs> but did he break the throne because he was too afraid to sit in it? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Being the Elite, episode 201, A Message in the Sky. Yes, there was a Being the Elite this week. There's also a 45-minute best of BTE that I haven't watched yet, but I want to, just for nostalgia's sake. But I don't think we need to cover it. Um, here are like, the, the high points and low points of this one. Uh, there's Matt and Nick are sitting out on uh, Nick's property and there is skywriting above Nick's house and it says FTR do it no skywriting Uh, it says FTR so there you go Uh, forever the revolt fear the revolt I think it's going to be fuck the revival right yeah, it's those guys, but they can't be called the Revival. Oh, but they can't be fuck the Revolt. Well, not on television. Oh. Full time Revolt. And I think they're the ones who are putting up there, so they probably wouldn't say fuck themselves. So did they actually skywrite that, or was that just like it was bad CG? Okay. Or some kind of effect? Would you say so, Megan? Yeah, I mean, even if you could pay somebody to skywrite that, why? Yeah, the god awful Luchasaurus storyline continues. Did he find his tail yet? Nope. I am way past the point of caring about this. Uh, we got a Justin Gabriel appearance, which was nice, but I thought it was a total waste of him. Uh, it does sound like maybe his tail is at Panda Express. What? So we'll find out next week, I guess. I, I hate this. Is it like the championship being at Longhorn? Yeah, kind of like that, I guess. 
Only uh, it wasn't stolen. <laughs> Brandon Cutler is uh, getting into the uh, quarantine uh, fitness challenge trend with his hashtag kickout challenge. So he's going to be ready. So he never loses a match again when this is all over. So he had the uh, the jobbers from uh, a couple weeks ago, like try to pin him over and over again. He kept kicking out. Oh, that's that's really great training because that's what Chris Weidman did. And then he shattered Silva's leg. I mean, kind of. Things are kind of comparable. But anyway, I thought this was... Actually, thought Megan, I thought this bit was pretty funny. Yeah, I like this. I Because I am still, like, a fan of Brandon Cutler. I know he loses a lot, but I thought this was a fun way to keep it going. Yeah. Uh, Private Party had a segment, and uh, I, I just like their interaction. They were trying to maintain social distancing, but they weren't able to hear each other. Uh, because of it. and uh, they kind of discuss, you know, who do they think it was that was watching them two weeks ago? The, the creepy guy in the mask. They're adorable. I love Private Party. Yeah, they couldn't figure it out, but I, I, I like them together. Anyway, that's so that was being the elite. Not not too much of a. I guess I guess the big thing was the FTR and the skywriting is the cliffhanger. So they're coming. Yeah. Do you think got reset too? No. Because, I mean, JR was saying that would be his priority. Yeah. Yeah, I think Russo is probably going to collect that fat downside guarantee for three months. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Just enjoy it. Sit on his ass, watch Bravo for three months. I would love to do that. All right. AEW Dark. April 28th, 2020. I could not watch this. Um, the commentary was mixed so poorly. Uh, Tony Schiavone was in my left ear, Cody was in my right, and they were completely different volume levels. So I did not try watching it on the television. I don't know if that would have improved things, but it was terrible in my headphones. Megan, did you watch the show? I did. I watched it on my computer. So I I heard the the dissonance, but it wasn't as bad when it was just coming through the speaker. So I, I got through it. But I mean, it was a 16-minute dark, so it was not bad, but there weren't any matches I feel like you need to see. Did, did, did Cody come through a lot lower than Tony? Um, actually at the beginning of watching it, I thought Cody was a lot louder than Tony, but then. Oh, weird. Yeah. The exact opposite experience. But again, like once they got going and because it was coming through like speakers and not headphones, I was able to, like, it didn't affect me that much. I just turned it down, kind of, and watched the show. Uh, but I understand. Like, I went in expecting it to be real bad because of what you said. And I definitely heard it at the beginning, but then just was like, whatever. I'll turn it down and not hear commentary as much. And that that worked. With Jimmy Havoc over Sean Dean in 3 minutes 45 seconds with the implant DDT. Yep. And Best Friends over Lee Johnson and Musa in 5.45 with the strong zero. Yep. All right. <laughs> I, I mean, the tag team match was fun because Musa, I didn't remember if we'd seen him before, but he's very flippy and he was paired with Brandon Lee, who is also very flippy. So I, uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed to not to like have to miss out on a best friends match, but thankfully there was a best friends match on dynamite, which we we're about to get into. I, I was going to give a quick update. I think the Schomsberg is drinking much more nicely now that I don't have the red Terrific. on my tongue. 
I sort of thought you were updating us on Sean's beers drinking. And I was like, how <laughs> do you know that? Is, Is he this a teetotaler like his wife? Oh, I don't so know. Peyton's a teetotaler. Oh, I don't know what Sean Spears says. He probably just doesn't find occasion to drink then. Yeah. It's hard to say. What it is I see in you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's get into 90s music. <laughs> All right, Megan, let's do Dynamite. Oh, yeah. Okay, it's my turn. All right. Getting into Dynamite. This is a big one because we have a lot of TNT Championship tournament stuff. And by that, I mean two matches. But we get through the semifinals, so that's important. We're going to bookend this episode with those semifinals. So the first match we see is Darby versus Cody. And I know that Andy thought... um, his, you know, Darby was going to get the win over Cody on this one, but they went a different direction and Cody got rolled up after, or no, sorry, Cody rolled up Darby after Darby did a coffin drop on him and it looked a little awkward. Did you guys think this ending was, there was anything going on here? It didn't, like, it didn't look like Darby's shoulders were, like, Cody's shoulders were definitely not down because he had, like, kind of rolled him up. But it also didn't really fully look like Darby's shoulders were down. So it kind of, you know. Are you accusing Aubrey Edwards of uh, not being a good ref? Yep. No. Wow. <laughs> I'm not, no. She was delightful on uh, uh, AEW Undisputed podcast, uh, or AEW Unfiltered this morning, so. I still need to listen to that. But I was more accusing Cody of either being too hurt to properly make the effort to roll Darby up or acting too much to properly roll Darby up. Either way, it didn't really look like he was getting him there. Either way, according to Megan, it's not Darby's fault. It's not Darby's fault. It's 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 Cody's fault. And I think it just might be that his ego is incapable of, you know, getting him close enough to another human being to fully pin him. So you think it's a COVID thing? No, ego. I think it's a ego neck tattoo issue. Okay. I just, I, I feel like he, I thought he might be hurt because he had taken the coffin drop. And then instead of wrapping like his arm around Darby's leg to get the roll up or like even his upper body, he just, Cody, Cody just sort of rolled to the side a little with both arms still down by his side and then Darby got pinned I don't, it looked funny to me I don't know I thought the match itself was great I liked a lot of the elements of the match uh, I really enjoyed the finish where Cody was going he was setting up for the moonsault but he'd had his leg worked on so I guess he decided he didn't want to land on his knees so he did a coffin drop instead, or tried to do a coffin drop instead. But uh, but Darby got his knees up. Darby got his knees up the same way Cody got his knees up on Darby the last time they wrestled. Um, and and there was also a spot where Darby uh, tried for a move and Cody caught him and hit the crossroads, which would have been better if Sean Spears hadn't kicked out of two crossroads in the first round of this tournament. Yeah, but. Um, I think that would have been like a more impactful near fall, but uh, whatever. But I mean, the crossroads isn't his finisher anymore. 
Yeah, but I think this would have been the time to make it not his finisher. Yeah. yeah. You know what but I mean? they didn't they didn't really carry forward that storyline. No, they didn't. Uh so I don't know. That was interesting. Brandy took a bump. I was worried they were gonna bring back the nightmare collective after she hit her head again. Every time she she goes down, you're like, uh oh. <laughs> Oh, please don't. No. We're, we're flirting with disaster here. <laughs> I just, I mean, I felt so vindicated. I was the only who called that Cody was going to win. I think Megan called it. Did she? Yeah. Oh. I, I, I respected Andy's opinion that they would hold off on Lance Archer facing Cody. But I also thought, well, this is a perfect time for it because these two hate each other. Well, then take back my comment. I felt vindicated against Andy. (laughs) Specifically. Specifically. I I, I liked it, though. I I mean, I I probably, I I think I would have gone the other way, but I'm not against what they did. I think think that, I think ultimately Darby has to get a big win over Cody in a big situation. And I guess we just had to wait longer for that. Yeah. I... Do you think Cody's going to win the tournament then, or? Yes. Because he can't have the other champions. No, I think Lance is going to win the tournament. I think Cody's going to win. Okay. Champagne bet? I guess. I guess we have to do a household champagne bet. Not everyone can win on the podcast in these COVID times. Yeah. It's true. Although I'm on the Lance side, so... (laughs) But, uh, yeah, uh, I kind of agree with Jenny, too, about the Brandy bump. I was a little worried. I had flashbacks of the Nightmare Collective, and I thought, please, no. <laughs> and then I also super loved how Darby looked apologetic as he got up and kind of looked back and forth between Brandy and Cody and was like, do I help her or I'm in a match? So I'm glad he's not like a total jerk face. Um he was just cooking with her on a shot of brandy last week, so he had to play a little bit of that. I saw, guy. I saw the YouTube thumbnail for that, and I really, I need to watch it because that seems like a weird interaction that those two would have. Uh, she's with uh, Priscilla, his wife, this week, so I assume they taped at the same time. Yeah, Priscilla was there in the crowd, at least part of this week. I think the later part. Oh, was she? Yeah, she was oh, okay. there for the. Um, Jimmy Havoc, Kip Sabian part. I'm surprised she wasn't there for, uh, you know, her her husband's match. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. Was she booked on any of these dark matches? Mm-mm. That seems like a waste of Priscilla. Yeah, yeah I, if I mean, she's if she there. Was gonna, I, yeah, I feel like she might be somebody who they might want to use as like a star actually at some point though. Well, yeah, but you could put her with like a. I would have been happy to see her with, like, a Karoshita on a Dynamite match. Yeah. And it's okay if she loses, like, a Karoshita. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll see her around, though, because she's there. Uh, Anything else about that match stand out to you? I I thought it was really good. What was up with the water thing? Brandy uh, brought... Cody water after she recovered from being knocked down and then Darby slammed it in Cody's face. Yeah, it was just weird because one, 
when she left the match, she was selling the back of her head, which one, she hadn't hit the back of her head. She had actually hit the back of her like shoulder blades and back. Then two, when she came out, she was selling her midsection. She was like hunched over as though she hit her, like her side or something. I was so confused by this whole thing. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was supposed to go somewhere bigger, but as far as I can tell, she gave her husband water and then Darby took it and slammed it in his face. And that's about the extent of how it was used. All right. I guess I'll get off of it. <laughs> I, always, I always think whatever Brandy's doing is important, and maybe this just wasn't. Yeah, I, I kind of thought she was going to come out and then get inadvertently hurt or brought into the mix again. Yeah. But she just kind of slumped away, and, and that was that. Strange. Yeah. <sighs> oh, well. Cody wins, so he is now in the finals. And uh, despite all our talk prior to that, pretend you don't know who else is because we will see at the end of this show in the main event. Um, After this match, we go to a video package, which is part two of the Scorpio Sky profile, I guess I would call it. Um, Beautiful profile. Yeah, he has a beautiful profile. And where we last left him was in 2017 when he had just joined SCU. And so he's talking now about how he's always looked up to the members of SEU, which is CD and Kaz. And he was happy to join, but was intimidated because they were already big stars. And he didn't want to be like a rando third guy who did nothing and just kind of rode the coattails. So he was really relieved when he they did be the hangman page of the group. Oh, shit. Oh, that's such a good, good analogy, because <laughs> hangman is the hottest of the group. <laughs> just like Scorpio is, you can't. And he felt, and he felt like he was the least successful mm-hmm. member of the elite. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So this is like a smaller version of that because there are yeah. only three of them. But yeah, I, I wasn't saying that as a burn on Hangman. I was just drawing a comparison. No, I think that was the perfect analogy. <laughs> no, you're right. I just I always wonder how Jenny's going to take anything related to Hangman in, and uh, I always know that she regurgitates it back in a positive light, no matter what. So, well, I mean, I feel like. Comparing Hangman to Scorpio is a positive. Yeah, they're both hot boys that are that are talented. Yeah. So Scorpio was concerned, though, you know, as you would be coming into an established group, as Hangman probably was. But Wait, so were CD and Kaz an established duo tag team? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like even back in like through like starting in TNA before Ring of Honor even. Oh, I see. I was not aware of this. Yeah. They, so they did need a little like new hot blood. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So Scorpio, uh, I, I he. It sounded like he found his place when they got on BTE and did the worst town gimmick. Like, that's where he knew this is going to be good, and and he's a valuable member of the team. And so he just goes on to say basically how happy he is with the group and that long-term he doesn't want to be good or great. He wants to be, quote, a fucking legend. So, I, I you know, we wish him the best, but this was just, like, kind of a positive, nice look at Scorpio Sky. I liked it. This is awesome. He is, uh, I, you, you get the feeling that, like, they're fully launching him as a single star coming off of this. Oh, I hope so. I yeah. hope he comes back. I hope his outfit as a single star 
are those black skinny jeans. Mm-hmm. Rest, wrestling in jeans seems really annoying, though. Uh, you know, he just looks so goddamn hot in them. <laughs> he's a very attractive man. And he likes wine, so he's taking all the boxes. He, he's, he's, he seems pretty perfect. <laughs> he does, uh, but... I'm excited for his return eventually. Uh, do you think he will be part of the talent that comes back for the live show slash updated tapings at this point? Or is he still I, staying away? I don't know. because So Frankie Kazarian is booked for next week. Right. But Scorpio has had a higher moral code than the other SCU boys uh-huh. at this point in time. So he... He, when it was given a choice, he did not come to the initial daily's place tapings. So I trust that he will not. He will make the right decision. Okay. And continue to be daily on my Instagram. But not in daily's place. Exactly. Okay. I don't know. I'm wondering if boredom is going to take him to that point. Because he, didn't you say he Instagrams every day and he looks oh, yeah. like he doesn't know what to do with himself? Like, he Instagrams like 30 times a day. <laughs> yeah. For the record, uh, looks like Daniels and Kazarian have been a tag team dating back to 2012. Okay. Okay. It, was Kaz big before that? Because I know Christopher Daniels has been around forever, but... Yeah, Kazarian um, had like a short WWE run. And uh, even like, and, and then you know, was kind of like in TNA a lot, off and on. He's you know, he he worked pretty consistently in PWG. Okay. You know. yeah. okay, I've only known him in the context of SEU, so right. Good to know. Okay, so uh, Jenny, let's take a complete one eighty because you love the Scorpio Sky video. But after that, we have to, of course, get an update from MJF here least favorite member of this roster and he is still at quote unquote his rat's estate my gosh just wonderful um no it's not i i say that sarcastically but um this time he's indoors so i don't know where he actually is but he explains to us his current medical state and he apparently was able to rehab his hangnail injury and he got the most prestigious nail doctor in the country, I guess, to take a look and approve of it and be impressed by his progress. So basically, all around, MJF is killing it. He's courageous. He is. Um, he's fighting out there fighting the battles so that none of us have to. But tragedy strikes again because he was just about ready to get back on TV when he... He nicked his neck while shaving. And this neck nick. And this requires a full-on neck brace to address. And he he does mention that a normal man would have bled out and died, but he's a warrior, so he survived. Um but he's sad that he won't be able to get on a German-fested plane and wrestle in front of six to seven of his (laughs) peers that he quote unquote really respects. So we won't be seeing him for a while, I guess. Much to her chagrin, Jenny did laugh at that line last night. I did, I did. I didn't want to, but I did. It was really good. <laughs> uh, so I guess that means he won't be at the tapings. Thank God. Uh, no, actually, weirdly, this must be a mix of like things that like 
or were there and like were filmed earlier and then decisions were made later because he was later advertised as uh, MJF returns next week. Oh, oh yeah, you're right. Okay, sorry, those cards come up and I'm like, what? What week? No, I don't, um, I don't blame you because I said <laughs> one thing and then it's different. You know? Your haircut still looks really good. Thank you. I must say, <laughs> killing it. So yeah, your haircut looks better than MJF's. I MJF's hair looked like it always does. It's gotten really poofy at the top. I yeah, I wonder if he tries to cut his own hair. Yeah, I don't think he did. I think he just let the poof grow. Which Andy's hair gets poofy too, but we cut it down. That's good. I'm glad you didn't panic and accidentally shave his head. I did not. I did not even nick him as to draw blood so that he could be out of commission for weeks on end. That's also good. I'm assuming you don't have a neck brace. We do not have a neck brace at this home. Yeah. Where did he even get the neck brace? I don't know. That's a great question. He, yeah, I guess Amazon probably. Actually, I think maybe Walgreens and CVS and stores like that have them. They do. They do, actually. Okay. Yeah, it's just like you have to break going into them. Well, they're essential businesses, so they're open if you need it. Oh, they definitely are. Yeah, I mean, that's where you get your wine every week, right? No, now I get it from Kroger when I order delivery. (laughs) So, how dare you judge me? I didn't uh, and, judge you. <laughs> and also, CVS only has Corbell, so I had to stop getting that because it well, was too much. You started going to Walgreens to get your Chandon. Yeah. These are the drugstore champagne issues I face every day. It's a true struggle. Stop. Now I feel like MJF. At least Kroger will give you more than one bottle. Yeah, they do. They do. All right, so uh, so we see MJF, and the next segment we get his buddy Wardlow in a match against the previously mentioned Musa. And unfortunately, poor Musa is there just to get super squashed. Um, Wardlow beats him. He does his airplane spin, as he has done in the past, and it's basically just like a smash from yeah, he did the knee thing again. I like the knee thing. That should be his finisher. Yeah, and he does the gladiator, like, thumbs up, thumbs down thing, which I think is more theatrical than he needs to be. But sure, I'm there for it. Mm-hmm. It, it looks really good toward Lowe's credit. Yeah, that should be his finisher. Yeah, but it's not. He spins him around. It's true. I'll have a question, I'll have a question to ask at the, uh, after, the, uh, after the Brody Lee match. Okay. Um... Before we get to that match, there's a little more that happens. Uh, the next thing on the agenda is the Bubbly Bunch, Episode 3. And this, uh, I think, is is a comeback from last week's episode. Where, Agreed. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun, and maybe it's because it's just a cameo fest. But basically, we start out, and Jericho is at his house working out full-on in his leather pants and scarf and rock star shirt. And sunglasses, so he's really prepared for this. And he's talking to Sammy and saying a, there's a lot of contention around whether or not he or Sammy had the best flim flam last week online. And Sammy's confident he won. Ortiz is like, no, Jericho won. 
And then Santana's like, sorry, man, it was Sammy. So we've got some dissent in the group. So to solve this, Chris says, we all just really need to get along. We should have a good old-fashioned Manitoba melee. And this was brilliant. And what it entails in real life is, I'm not sure, but when everybody's social distancing and on their phones, it's doing a lot of wrestling moves toward your camera on your phone and then having people on the other end react to it. And then come I, back with one of their own. Yeah. So I wrote down as many people as I could, but there <laughs> were some people I did not know who they were. So I don't know. Like, there are a lot of people on this here call. That's all I'm going to say. Um, Lou Frigno, he was a rando star highlight. Um, mm-hmm. Jay and Silent Bob made an appearance. Uh, I want to say Wee Man, but again, I'm not really sure. That was uh, uh, comedian uh, Brad. Oh, what's his name? Brad Williams. Okay. I just want Jackass to still be a thing, I guess. I don't know why. Yeah, you think all these dwarves are Wee Man. I just, I just wanted to come back. I don't know why. Uh, yeah. Did you but- enjoy Jackass? Yeah, Jenny, when it came out, what? I was a high schooler and an angry, no. like, goth kid. I love Jackass. No. Would I watch it now? Probably not. But I don't know. I haven't seen it since. Doesn't hold up, I'm sure. Well, who else was on this here, uh, Manitoba Melee? Um, okay, so we had we started out with the inner circle. Ortiz headbutted Sammy. Sammy punched Jake. Jake booted Santana. Santana hit Peter Avalon with his shoe. Okay, one, one, one. Let's just pause there for a second. So every week, Jericho says we never do our moves on each other. They, they never hit each other, other with their finishers. Oh, okay. So since these weren't their finishers, That's this right. was fine. Yeah. Okay. All right. They're still best, like the best of friends. They they sure. can still claim that. I've never hit Megan. I mean, is that your finishing move? No, but we're the best of friends, and I've okay. never physically attacked you. Yeah, well, now we're social distance, so you can't. But we'll That's see how this, this bears out in the long run. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Peter Avalon, he, he was in the mix, and that surprised me. But then we just go off the rails. So Peter Avalon hits Jungle Boy with a book. Jungle Boy swings and swings into a punch into Sunny Kiss. Uh, Sunny Kiss does like a flip and then kicks Luther. Luther kicks I believe Chris Jericho's dad. Yeah, Ted, yeah. Ir- Ted Irvine, yeah. Okay. And then Chris or Ted Irvine hits uh, Lou Ferrigno with his hockey stick. And then Ru- Lou Ferrigno goes after somebody with a taser and there were a couple old guys I didn't know who they were at this point. So the first one was Slipknot's Corey Taylor. Really? Yeah. Is this the taser guy? Yeah, <clears throat> the guy who got tasered. Wait, who he was did. the one with the taser? Lou Ferrigno. TV's Incredible Hulk. Yes. Okay. I can, I can hear the confusion. <laughs> From it like TV, 19... It was a TV show in the 70s. 70, yeah. The Incredible Hulk. And he played the Incredible Hulk. Okay. We got my little nephew a Hulk face mask today. It's true. 
Well, he's modeling after Luford, no. <laughs> and then, Megan, after Corey Taylor, it was Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses. Okay. Who's another Jericho uh, buddy. Yes. Okay. I guess that makes sense. And then... Uh, what's a Guns N' Roses song? Every Rose. Nope. I went the wrong way. Don't walk onto the jungle. What? That's, that's, <laughs> I have no idea. That's not the tune. I had a finance professor that used to <laughs> play like that hair metal band music at the beginning of every. Was that uh, one of them? Well, I'm sure because Guns N' Roses. There are four them. Guns N' Roses songs that are well known that I know. <laughs> okay. So welcome to the jungle. jungle. The yeah. Bengals play that. Take me well, down wait. to the Paradise City with a grass grass which is very exciting to William Miller and can't hardly wait because yep. he needs to play it all the time. Um, November Rain. How's that go? Uh, it's like a ballad. Oh, like Beth. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like it's their Beth and uh, Sweet Child of Mine is like. Oh, that's that's the big one. You should have led with Sweet Child of Mine. I feel like Welcome to the Jungle is probably. No, the Sweet Child of Mine would be the biggest. I mean, Sweet Child of Mine is a great song. I mean, it was on the Big Daddy soundtrack, so oh, yeah. I feel like that's a very seminal thing. It's a touchdown moment in the history of that song, I'm sure. Yep. In uh, us who grew up with Adam Sandler movies, I think that's a big one. Ugh. What is going on with my teenage life? I think that I think that Big Daddy was the end of like the golden age of Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. It oh, it truly was. was. It was like the like, yeah. the last great one. The last. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. none of those movies hold up. Let's be honest, none of them hold up. That is not true. Happy no. Gilmore. None holds of up them so well. None of them hold up. up. No, I used to love those movies when I was in like middle school, high school. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand to watch any of those movies anymore. I watched. Uh, I watched Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore back to back on the plane. His last like year. affected fake voice and all of those. I can't take and it I, anymore. And I will say that I found Happy Gilmore. I found Billy Madison to be uh, still funny but unbearable at times. But he he does a lot less baby voice in Happy Gilmore. He's already toning it down. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I agree. Yeah. Happy Gilmore holds up. Yeah. I think it's I think of it as truly one of the classic comedies of our lifetime. Also, I'm sorry, who doesn't love the wedding singer? Oh, the wedding singer. Agreed. Yeah. The wedding singer's great. That holds up. I have watched that as an adult and that holds up. Mm-hmm. I do not think Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, or Big Daddy hold up. Okay. Or I mean, I, oh I, my I god, oh my god, what's the one where he's the football player? I didn't even I didn't like the water boy at the time. It oh came my god, the water like, boy yeah. was awful. Even that was cringeworthy. Even at the when it came out. Yeah, but I wasn't a fan. That, that was post Big Daddy, so our our assessment still stands. I yeah. think it was before Big Daddy. I think it was pre Big Daddy. Yeah, was it? I, I think it was, it was Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Water Boy, then Big Daddy. Oh, well, I really liked the girl in Big Daddy, though she has a baby voice as well. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, she's uh, chasing Amy. Yeah, um, uh, Joey Lauren. Joey Lauren Adams. Yeah, yeah, I really liked her, but I didn't like. I, I think I had maybe phased out of Adam Sandler and Big Daddy because I found him cringeworthy when he does that loogie. 
Oh, oh, I mean, that was gross, but he doesn't do baby, like, any baby voice in Big Daddy. You, He's an adult. If it makes you feel any better, he's, uh, like, that loogie is CGI. Oh, it does make me feel better. Okay, here's here's the <laughs> Billy Matt. Here's the Adam Sandler, like, lead actor chronology. <laughs> Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Bulletproof, which is an action comedy that he co-starred in with Damon Wayans, uh, which is not that great, but it's fine. The Wedding Singer, The Waterboy... Big Daddy, and then after the Big Daddy is Little Nicky, which I hate. So, oh, Little Nicky's so terrible. I think I think I think it's Big Daddy, and like the Water Boy is just kind of like a stumble along the way. Well, yeah. it's like Water Boy is like what he was ultimately going to end up as. He did Punch Drunk Love after that, after Little Nicky though, which is like I didn't like Punch Drunk Love. Yeah, but it's like it's him trying something at least. Yeah, and that stupid that stupid Click movie, I didn't like that either. What about Click- um? Or the one with the hot um, Spanish woman. Spanglish? Spanglish. Oh, I love Spanglish. I don't like, I know you love Spanglish, um, but I, I wasn't a fan. I liked Mr. Deeds, too. I don't think I saw with Mr. Winona Ryder. I, like I, I can't remember it, but I saw it. What about um, the one about comedians with Seth Rogen? Oh, that was okay, but it was like 45 minutes too long. <laughs> it was. It was depressing, too, but I thought, like, hey, you did something. Funny people, that's what that one was called. Fifty mm. First Dates was, like, good at the time, but the more I think about it, the more it's like, man, like, he, he's torturing that woman in some ways. Yeah, I actually <laughs> really like Fifty First Dates. I think that the Drew Barrymore peak is really... I'm <laughs> kissed. Mm. God. <laughs> what about Charlie's Angels? Cameron Diaz really stole that. <laughs> huh. Uh, I think Drew Barrymore's been in good movies. I what name a good movie other than Ever Kissed. Ever After? Oh, I love Ever After. That is yeah, that's good. true. That's her peak. <laughs> How have we never watched Ever After together? How is that possible, Megan? I don't know. I used to watch, in high school, I used to watch Ever After, like, all the time. I will watch it with you anytime you want. And I also feel like that was part of what Mission Impossible 2 really fucking destroyed for me is the prince in ever after is the bad guy in mission impossible 2 and it's just a fucking travesty well no the fucking weird bird dove thing is a travesty in mission impossible 2 (laughs) yes the doves are (laughs) off-putting oh my god i love ever after yeah we'll have to watch that the only annoying thing about ever after is it's set in france and no one can do a french accent so they all do english accents that's the only bad thing about Ever After. Sure. I mean, I'm fine with it. Whatever. <laughs> I think Drew Barrymore still does things. I, I don't know. I feel bad dragging her. I wasn't dragging her, right? I just said her peak, right? No? You yeah, know, you she, said her peak and drag her. Yeah, that's fine. She she was on um that Netflix show that got a lot of like positives like reviews but i can't zombie thing right yeah i can't watch because it just too gross very yeah very gross and like timothy oliphant's on that and it really hurts me that i can't watch that who's timothy oliphant that hot cowboy man from justified yeah i haven't watched just yeah you should wow we went far afield there (laughs) (laughs) we did I really enjoyed that little tangent we had. And by little, I mean huge. Yeah. Um, Vicky Guerrero was also there. Vicky was. 
she was at the end, and I really loved how she, like, went into her excuse me gimmick. Except she didn't. She said something mm-hmm. else. She said, are you kidding me? Yeah. Which, you oh, know, wasn't better, but, like, does she's WWE got a nice have, house. Like, does WWE own that? Does WWE, does WWE own, are you, or excuse me? Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Somehow. I don't know how you trademark that. How but... do you trademark excuse me? I don't, uh, I don't know. But Vince is the kind of guy who would. Yeah. So that was, uh, I would say, a very good recovery from last week's not very good bubbly bunch. Yeah, yeah. This is much better than Flim Flam. Yeah. Whew, okay. Jenny really likes it when a wine has the same color as its uh, paper label. Which, coincidentally, this Schramsberg does. <laughs> it's, this it is, is a nice very, like, that. I wouldn't call it peach. Wouldn't call it orange. Salmon. Not wouldn't call it salmon. I call it sand. Okay. This is like sand, but not like Gulf Beach sand. But um, maybe maybe Atlantic coast sand. Okay. As long as it's not like crunchy like sand. Yeah, it's not. After the bubbly bunch. We get another match, and this one is between Jimmy Havoc, Kip Sabian, accompanied by Penelope Ford, and The Best Friends, accompanied by Orange Cassidy. It is specifically a no-DQ, no-count-outs match, so that's a fun stipulation that's out there. Uh, And ultimately, The Best Friends win when Chuck pins Jimmy with the awful waffle on a pile of chairs. Yeah, you didn't have to hit strong zero or anything. Best friends are having a good week. They they were they won two matches. Yeah, I'm glad they needed to get back out there. I think. Yeah, this is a pretty fun little hardcore match. I thought. Yeah, it was uh, hardcore without blood, and so that's my level of hardcore. So I mm-hmm. enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. I felt bad for Trent. It seemed like he really had to take a lot of stuff. While his two teammates were outside the ring, laying he on the took, ground. He took that uh, belly-to-belly suplex, like, or no, they think that was Chuck. Chuck took that belly to, or Chuck took, took that vertical suplex onto, like, chairs. That didn't look like it felt good. No. Yeah. No. All the chair stuff looked really painful. I mean, Chuck ended up throwing Jimmy Havoc, or, like, suplexing him, or doing something to him on a chair before he yeah. got the finish, and that looked really painful. Ugh. Um, Penelope also had a moment where she tried to kick Orange from on top of the apron and he like dodged and she ended up kicking Kip instead and he fell like off to the side and then so she tries to she jumped over Orange trying to give him a hurricanrana but like obviously not being able to connect and then she tried to run at him and Orange kind of pushed her so she ended up spearing Kip into the barrier so those two it was a rough couple's time on this show yeah I hope they can come up with stuff for them to do like going forward like maybe Penelope can start wrestling again more often because they'll have have other women available (laughs) Yeah, if we could get some, like, intergender stuff going on, too, I think that would be fun. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, there was also a moment that I thought was really funny where Jericho just yelled, hit Paul Turner. There are no rules. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, after the match, Orange uh, sat down in the chair in the middle of the ring and the best friends teased their hug, but then they just ended up kneeling down next to him and doing a lazy thumbs up. Fun times. Oh, yeah. Um, after that, we get a follow-up video of Britt Baker going through her rules. Um, her role model rules were on rule number two. And before we get to the rules itself, Britt introduces us to her makeup artist, Rebel, who she calls Reba repeatedly throughout this video. <laughs> and, uh, and she also, um, she at one point was looking at I think it was like lipstick or selecting something and she picked one color and threw the other at poor rebel's face. So this was, this is a healthy working relationship for her. (laughs) Um, Rebel gets asked by the, I guess, uh, interview crew. Hey, tell us about working with Brit. And so she starts to give her answer and Brit steps in and says, can I just talk to you a minute? And she pulls her behind a closed door and basically critiques her and says, when you refer to me, call me Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, Thank you. And then she also says that if, you know, you want your big break, you need to deliver the message that I gave you. So we get Rebel back on camera and this time she's peppier and looks like a prisoner of war, basically, in her <laughs> eyes. <laughs> and she gives a very straightforward message that working for Brit is awesome and she's a great role model. So that woman's probably not a prisoner at <laughs> all. <laughs> so, this, so this is Rebel. Uh, she is a wrestler and a dancer and a makeup artist. And she actually legitimately works for LA Wrestling as a makeup artist. And uh, she used to be in Impact Wrestling slash TNA as uh, a wrestler. Awesome. Okay. She seemed fun and not at all scared for her life. (laughs) (sighs) But after speaking to her, we got to go back to Britt's office where she has her rule pad up you know with it written out rule number two guys not everybody can be a role model and it seems like she's looking at tony on this one um she has a bulleted list of people who specifically cannot be role models and they all happen to be tony um we got we want no glasses wearers tony it's only for it's only for uh doctors and professors and people who are you know, have to wear them professionally. Legitimately smart. Otherwise, you look like you're just pretending to be smart. Yes, true. Fair criticism. You don't want to pretend to be smart. Uh, and then fat people, you know, get Photoshop. Because you can just tuck that in. Again, we go to a picture of Tony where she photoshops his waistline. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Poor Tony. Uh, no wannabes. And I feel like that's a Spice Girls song. And also, no snaggletooths. As a dentist, I can see why she would be anti-snaggletooth, but uh, we get a close-up of Tony's mouth, and I I feel like she just needs to leave Tony alone on this one. Um, Does Tony actually have a snaggletooth, or did she Photoshop that snaggletooth into his gum line? 
Later, when he and Jericho are talking, he says, I don't actually have a snaggle tooth. <laughs> so I don't know, legitimately, but he takes issue with it on commentary. There's a Vance Joy song that is supportive of Snaggletooth. Is it? Mm-hmm. Oh. I hope Britt Baker doesn't find out about it. Yeah. Or I hope he doesn't find out about Britt Baker. Right, one or the other. Yeah. Well, she's a dentist. I feel like it's just more business for her if they exist. So don't complain. Agreed. Um, but don't so- like Photoshop a Snaggletooth onto Tony if he doesn't have one. Because that's no. kind of mean too. Well, they're best friends, so I guess it's allowed. Uh, no, a snaggle tooth is an extra tooth or a tooth that sticks out forward. This tooth sticks out forward. Because what looked like on the, or the fo- at the Photoshop, it looked like he had a little extra tooth. So that's why I felt like it was a Photoshop. Yeah, it's probably a Photoshop. Snaggle tooth is an irregular or projecting tooth. Mm. Okay. It's well, also a small deep sea fish with large fangs at the front of the jaws and a number of light organs on the body. What's at you, Tony? What's a light organ? I wonder if it's like those things that make like fish glow, glow? underwater. God, that's terrifying. Yeah, I'm going to Google snaggletooth fish. This is why you should never go to ah, the ocean. <laughs> do not Google snaggletooth fish. Oh, now it's all I want to do. <laughs> Don't do it. it what is... happened? Whoa. It wasn't a dick, right? No, it's not a dick. That's street slang for dick. <laughs> I didn't know. Will it really scare me if I walk over and see that? I mean, Ew. It's, not, it's not pleasant to look at. <laughs> it's creepy. Don't Google it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but now it's all I can look at. But, I, but I'm pretty sure this is not the kind of snaggletooth that Dr. Baker is talking about. Although I am I am against this kind of... I don't think this kind of snaggletooth could be a role model either. Guys. This generally can't be. Yeah. Space and the depths of the ocean are not meant for man. I just... <laughs> that's, that's deep, Megan. Those environments want to kill us. Watch out. <laughs> okay. Does the snaggletooth fish look like something that wants to kill us? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. I think it might be too small to kill us, but, like, it, it, would, it would try. It would, it would, it would latch on. Like it that would latch on. Yeah, like that porcupine that's tasted blood at the Cincinnati Zoo. Um, what fish would be a role model? Ariel? That's what? not a fish. That's a mermaid. <laughs> Yeah, that's a little fish, right? No, that's not a fish. I think, like, maybe a clownfish. No, why would that be a role model? It's a clown. Oh, like Nemo? Yeah, they seem happy and, you know, just generally positive. I don't know. (laughs) Finding Nemo wasn't that movie happy. I I mean, yeah, eventually. It starts out sad. Yeah. I mean, they go with a seahorse. Because it's male raises the children. Okay. All right. That's fine. Um, that could be a role model. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like other famous fish, like Charlie Tuna from the the tuna can label. That's not a real fish. And <laughs> is it if it's chicken of the sea? Is it chicken or is it fish? Hey, can I just make the argument that I typed role model fish into Google and <laughs> Dory came up, so I was close. 
hey. That's pretty good. It definitely wouldn't. Wait, no. Why would Dory be? Dory's dumb. Dory wouldn't be a role model fish. Wouldn't Nemo be the role model fish? Dory like had a great adventure and was successful in finding her parents despite her limitations, though. Dude, her parents put out those seashells for years upon years. Those seashells spanned like four hundred miles of the ocean, and she couldn't follow the fucking sea cells to find her parents. She has a memory problem. Jenny. I'm gonna text my sister. If you <laughs> had to pick a fish to be a role model, which one would it be? I love this. There's not a solid chance she'll necessarily answer me, but we'll see. I'm putting it out there. I think she'll answer you with a snide comment. Probably. Probably a one word like idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. (laughs) She doesn't know what we talk about on this podcast. I mean, I told her wrestling, but then, you know, she caught us talking about flat earthers and stuff. So I think it's all a very large mystery to her what makes it into this. Well, she should listen to our podcast. I told her. I told her. Yeah, I think that, like, I think there needs to be more fish role models, because I think they're underrepresented. Um, well, yeah, because they can't leave the water, so you're kind of, like, stuck in the context of what, you know, when you need role modeling, are you in the ocean? Or a lake? Yeah, yeah it could be a freshwater fish. Is Jaws a role model? No, no, he's a mammal. He's a monster. He's a fish. No, sharks and dolphins are mammals. Sharks he are also fish. sharks Jaws... and dolphins are mammals. Jaws what killed a bunch are... of people. Sharks. Sharks are a group of elasmobranch fish characterized by the cartilaginous skeleton. What is a dolphin? I thought that was a mammal. Whales are mammals. Oh, a whale is probably a good role model. What is not a fish? No, like you know, dolphins are large aquatic mammals. They're in the same family as whales and porpoises. Okay, but uh, a shark is it? Shark is a fish. Why is a shark a fish? I mean, obviously it's an egg versus a fetus, but. Is there, like, what Why makes them have an egg? a fish? Why is a shark a fish? That's what Jenny is asking me. No, I told you that it was an egg versus a fetus. Okay. But why, why do they have an egg? an egg instead of a fetus? Because they're large. I don't know. <laughs> you know, if we're expanding to mammals... This is the way mammals, they evolved. If we're expanding to mammals, I would say manatee. <laughs> no, I was going to say manatee, Megan, but then I knew that they were a mammal. Okay, well, it seemed like we were expanding to them. So if we did, I would agree with you, because they seem nice. They're the cows of the sea. Well, sluggish. Yeah, they don't hurt anyone. They just eat. They're they're like vegetarians, and they just mind their business. Yeah. So, ooh, another scary animal, giant squid. Not a role model, but scary. Guys, there are, there are, okay, so there are sharks, that give live birth. My, mammals. There are Gross. some mammal sharks. The vaporous sharks. Uh, bull sharks, white tip reef sharks, lemon sharks, blue sharks, makos, 
Hammerheads. That's yeah. a lot of mammals. Oh, street sharks. Let's, let's be let's let's say that you and oh, I were both right. The street sharks were jawsome, Megan. <laughs> Hell yeah, they were. <laughs> Truly jawsome. <laughs> well, ninja turtles would be my answer then. Roll okay, here, here's here's extremesharkfacts.com <laughs> with their article Are Sharks Mammals? By the way, that is Extreme Sharks Facts with an exclamation point at the end of it. <laughs> wow. Of course. Wait, an exclamation point before the dot com? No, just on the title page. Oh, okay. Sharks are not mammals. Rather, they are a species of fish. Sharks have a skeleton that is entirely composed of cartilage and is equipped with leathery, tough, and scaleless skin. These skeletons differ greatly from those of a bony fish. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with it being a mammal, but... Unlike mammals, which are warm-blooded creatures, most sharks are cold-blooded, meaning that their internal body temperature matches that of their ambient environment. Another thing that makes sharks differ from mammals uh, is the way in which they digest their food. A shark has an extremely short intestine. The short length of the intestine is achieved by the spiral valve, with multiple turns within a single short section, instead of a long tube-like intestine that many mammals possess. Yeah. Sharks are mammals. Or sharks are fish, rather. Some sharks are mammals, though. No. Yeah. I've learned a lot today. <laughs> is live birth... It is a factor for being a, a mammal. A condition of being... Yes. Mammalian. Yes. It is. Yes. The answer is yes. Most mammals give birth to live young, but a few lay eggs. I think salmon might be a good role model. <laughs> and this is... <laughs> you know, salmon fishing in the Yemen is actually quite a good movie. Okay. It is. That's a good... Uh... I don't... Like, I like salmon, eating salmon, but it's not my favorite fish. Like, okay. oh my god, I'm getting the three dots. Emily's answering. <laughs> so anyway, what well, kind well, of role model? I uh, what? <laughs> Wait, she asked what kind of role instead of like, what the fuck are you talking about? She asked what kind of role model? <laughs> I love your sister. So, like, like, if you were a fish... <laughs> Who would you look up to? <laughs> Who well, would no, you look up you to? Look up to like a shark or you know. Something. I don't know. I'm scared scare of them. I don't look up to. I don't look up to like Hitler. God, I hope not. Yeah. Why would like you? Shark man. I'm trying to think of like an equivalent of a shark. <laughs> oh my gosh. We're going places I did not think we would. Yeah. So basically. What I've learned, the most interesting I've learned from this is that live birth is not a distinguishing characteristic of mammals because there are there are mammals that lay eggs and there are uh, non-mammals that no, but have it's live birth. Primarily a distinguishing characteristic of a mammal. I learned that in biology class. Yeah. I thought this it was some like Pluto shit. They leave out the hammerheads in the, from that discussion. <laughs> well, the hammerheads give live birth. That's why I thought. Sharks were mammals. Mm. God damn it. I even had to dissect a shark in 
biology class. You dissected a shark? Yeah, I did. Wow. Where did you get sharks? They were little sharks. Like those little ones that you see in aquariums. We dissected those. I had a cat, and my cat clearly, like, had had a trauma in its death, and it had an arched back. Oh! <laughs> oh, shit! Is that That's a root? That's it! No. What is happening? Oh Something bad is happening, That's isn't it? That's the root of her fear of cats that arch. Oh, because it was dead? Well, I couldn't. It wouldn't, like, kept flopping over when I was trying to cut it open because it didn't have a flat back. This is very revealing. I eventually had to switch out that cat for another cat and restart my dissection. Wow. After, like, three days. It was, like, too rigid? Yeah. It was... <laughs> yeah. It did not make that noise. It was dead. Holy hot damn. Uh, okay. Oh, from Aldehyde. <laughs> the platypus. Oh, gosh. Lays eggs, but is a mammal. I think I did know that. Also, echidnas. I don't know what echidna is. They look like porcupines. Oh, no, I did know that. But they are, they are, uh, the, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is an echidna. Ah. Yeah. Oh. So, so they lay eggs. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, wrestling, right? I mean. Well, I think that's the exception that makes the rule. People ask, well, after I Googled, <laughs> why, why do echidnas have four heads? What? Wait, four heads? What? Oh, it's about their penis. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It didn't say that. Four why did you have balls? to bring up penises on this show that we never talked about penises or balls? Oh, we... Mm, okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. By the way, exception that proves the rule is meaningless. Fuck off. <laughs> the saying that literally means nothing. Then there is no point... Two, he's just not that into you. How dare you? <laughs> it's a very clear point. It's in the title. Ugh, all right. I don't even know. I don't know where, what we're talking what about. Keep, what where are you are and how you're going to get us back on track, what Megan. What are you going to keep in there? Should I even, should I just pretend none of that happened? You can. That doesn't mean I'm not going to keep it. Okay. Megan, how's your uh, how's your beard treating you? I've only I haven't heard you reopen another beer. That's because I muted. <laughs> I, <laughs> I definitely did. Uh, it's good. I like it a lot. I've also muted and eaten some peanut M Ms repeatedly, so I feel like it's good that I must be doing it right. Um, I'm a little perturbed. Emily didn't get back to me. Well, she wasn't clear on what type of role model you meant. I cannot believe that was a follow-up question. <laughs> okay. Okay. Ugh. Okay. So, wrestling. <laughs> that happens on this podcast as well. Um, by mammals. By mammals. See how uh, I brought it full circle? Well, that depends on where we... On our editing. <laughs> Um, next up on this wrestle show, we had Sean Spears facing off against a man named Baron Black, and apparently Baron Black has been on this show before, but if so, I do not remember, and he was here to job to Sean Spears, so he got pinned after 
Spears did a C4 into a modified sharpshooter, and Baron had to tap out of that. So it was quick. Uh, yeah. He uh, apparently, Sean Spears, texted Bret Hart recently and asked him if he can, uh, if he could use the sharpshooter. I was just asked, actually going to make the joke if uh, Sean Spears is Natalie Hart. <laughs> if he so. is, like if he is the male incarnation of Natal- Natalia. If he's trying to be Natalie. Yeah. He's trying to be Brett. Trying to be Natalie. Okay. Well, he, Who was trying to be Brett. It's weird It's weird then that he texted Brett to ask him. Right, I would have thought that he would have texted Natalie. Yeah, I mean, he, I'm sure he knows her. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure he does too. I mean, they're probably neighbors. He probably, probably like, neighbors. went over to her house for like a party with a uh, oh, fuck. What's the clouder of cats? Clouder of cats <laughs> with Biggie, our <laughs> truth, and oh, Kofi. the cat club. Kofi. Yeah, well, he used it. I'm glad I really he got hope Biggie and Jenny are dating. Me too, man. Th- those night hearts are going fucking crazy during this. Uh, during this lockdown. Really? Yeah. They like had a Jenny and Natty had like a weird, like fully clothed, like, but like wearing party clothes, like a uh, wrestling match in, in a bathroom. Wait, but Jenny doesn't wrestle. Well, they're just like sisters wrestling, you know, like, oh. yeah. Megan, did you wrestle with your sister? Um, yeah, but I destroyed her. So she stopped doing that. <laughs> I guess I, I used was... to wrestle with my brother when I was very young. Yeah, yeah, I was always a lot more competitive, and yeah. she just didn't want to die. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can believe the Nighthards are going nuts, though. I, I mean, we've seen Natty on Total Divas. She, she likes she attention. Needs it. She needs it to live. I have never been more grateful to be an introvert than I have been during this period. Yeah, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, circling back. Uh, so yeah, Shot Spears wins. He, he gotta smash him. Um, after that, we get one of Andy's favorite segments, Techniques by Taz, where he analyzes Lance Archer's blackout, and he has the cool graphics that zoom in on you know specific areas of interest when Lance Archer is just destroying people. Oh, hell yeah. Although I felt like there was probably less to break down in, in that move than there are some others. Yeah, I mean, it's really just like lifting a dude up and and then tossing him. Well, he can get nine feet to ten feet in the air. But then when he had Cole Cabana, who was like large, he still said it was only nine feet. So I didn't understand where he was getting the ten feet from. Yeah, because it's like, no matter how tall the guy Lance is lifting up is he's still holding him up above his head so that distance doesn't really change right it's like whatever your distance between like your shoulders and your head is and I don't think most anyone I will say anyone has three feet of distance between their shoulders and their head not even like a seven foot tall person would have a three foot distance like that uh yeah I don't know I've never lifted someone above my head and tried to see how far that was maybe i'll try it this weekend no i'm just saying that 
from your shoulders to your head, no one has more than three feet there. Good. No one even uh, has three feet. I hope not. Yeah, exactly. Quite a, quite a long neck. So I don't know where Maybe Taz is getting three feet from. <laughs> Look, Jenny, he's the analyst here, so we have to trust him. I guess. Yes. Trust him. Um, going from there, though, we see a, a quick video of Marco Stunt, and it's him getting interviewed, and he's talking about how, like, even though his teammates aren't here because of circumstances, he's going to step up to the plate and give it his all. And this is in reference to basically agreeing to fight Lance Archer and then getting destroyed, and now... Uh, in the next match, agreeing to fight Brody Lee and, you know, little Marco in this match against Brody Lee, he he did get destroyed again. Um, Brody Lee did his sit-down powerbomb finisher, and that was that. But Marco tried, you know? He tried. Yeah. He he, he tried. He's I, just liked a, when, I liked little. when he uh, did a dive and Brody Lee caught him. And then set him on the ground and then super kicked him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just a little little guy. It was solid. Um, so the question I was going to ask, after I said I was going to ask a question at the Brady Lee match. But I'm not going to ask it after the Lance Archer match because that was not a, uh, a smash-em. But of the three smash-emers who are running wild and rampant around AEW, how would you rank... Mr. Mayhem, Wardlow, the Exalted One, Brody Lee, and the Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer. Megan, you first. Lance. Wait, is this one, two, three, or Mary I was going... Kill Fuck? Uh, wait, how was that? One, two, three? I'm just, no. I'm... This is one, two, three. <laughs> okay. We can circle back to yours if you'd like. It, yeah, okay, so <laughs> top, like, ranking, Lance smashes him real hard. Uh, Brody Lee, second. Um, Murderhawk, no, wait, sorry. Murderhawk was top. Uh, Wardlow, third. Okay. I think I would go, right now, I'd go Lance, Wardlow, Brody. That's I'm, how I would go. I'm enjoying all of them, though. I would marry... <laughs> yes! Let me th- now that I actually think about it, good, that's a hard one. Um, <sighs> wait, what are uh, okay, okay, god, this is a tough one. You know what, marry Lance because mm-hmm. I feel mm-hmm. like if you marry, you get the fuck too. So, yeah, marry I agree. Lance and then, oh, can I just opt out of the rest? <laughs> 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 I agree with Mary Lance. He's the one you marry. We we've seen what he looks like without that mm-hmm. mohawk. Um, I think I would probably fuck Wardlow and kill Brody Lee. You know, ultimately that's where I was going to land, but I feel bad killing anyone because I like all of them. I don't feel bad killing Brody Lee. Okay. Okay. Andy, who would you? <laughs> Andy, Mary, kill Fuck Wardlow. <laughs> of kill <course>. Archer. <gasps> Mary Brady Lee. Why would you kill Archer? He's from Texas. He probably has bad opinions. You don't know that. I mean, but you know, like I'm playing the odds. <laughs> I hope not. 
Can you imagine being married to Brody Lee and like daddy's first the whole fucking time? No, that's Cody. Cody says that repeatedly. <laughs> I think Brody Lee would probably be great. <laughs> he seems like a nice boy. Why oh wait, so wait, him? do I have to so I have to be married to their like th- this is we're talking about their wrestling characters? Yeah. Oh, no, I'd kill and Brody their Lee. person. I'd, oh. If it's wrestling, well, they're they're physical person. Okay, they're physical person, but they're like their character. Sure. Right? Okay, then I kill Brody Lee because that cold shits for the birds. Yeah. Uh, I would. Oh man, I'd probably. I'm trying to think. Do I want to hang out with Jake Roberts or MJF more, like long term? Oh, that's so, that's like, a good question. That's your, that's your in-laws. Yeah. Uh, I think ultimately MJF, so I'd say Mary Wardlow and really? fuck Lance Archer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been fun. <laughs> Megan, did you end up? I, I know you. You said Mary Lance Archer, but did you end up who we were gonna fucking kill? Uh, Wardlow, fuck, kill Brody. But again, this is in character because I think Brody is a nice person in real life. <laughs> Look, I don't want to be like any sort of attachment to any cult leader of any kind. No. You can't it's get out of that shit. No, it ruins everything. And I feel like Wardlow's kind of an idiot, so like, you know. Yeah, he's like a good, like, I mean, I've never had a one night stand, but like, if I were to, it'd probably be, you know, like with like a. Just a meathead, just a big old. Yeah, like a pretty, like, not smart. Like, yeah, it's like I don't need to converse <laughs> with you, right? We're good. Cool. <clears throat> that was fun. It's important to get the logic out. Uh-huh. I hope that um again, this is where I'm torn because it's terrible that uh they're doing these live tapings and asking more people to come in. But I do, as a fan, hope that uh, Jurassic Express can be back together soon. I do, too. I miss their camaraderie. And I feel like we're getting, you know, Luchasaurus for his bad storyline on BTE. But I miss Jungle Boy. Yeah. I, you know, I I would like the gang to get together again. But safely. And I don't want the game to get together again and then some random person die. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's ultimately what's at stake here, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And they're very close. I mean, you know, Jungle Boy's riding on the shoulders and Luchasaurus is obviously a dad figure to everyone. So it's like, ugh, I want to see yeah. that, but be careful. I mean, at some point, Luchasaurus is going to have to pull down his pants to attach that tail, so that's, like, a lot of contact. I am disturbed by that imagery. I saw a great thing by Andy's cousin uh, today about explaining why we need to wear masks. And what is if both parties are naked... And one party pees on the other. The pee gets all over the other party's legs. Two. If the party who pees is naked and the party who is standing near them has pants on, most of the pee gets on the pants. But you definitely get a lot of pee on your leg, too. 
three. If both parties have pants on, the person who pees is just peeing on themselves. I understand the message. Please don't pee on me. <laughs> exactly. Please don't breathe on me. Yes. Fair. Fair. Oof. Okay, so... Yeah. Mark is done. He's a good little boy. He takes a beating. He keeps on ticking, but... I wish his friends were with him. Yeah, I love watching Marco stunt work. I think he's really fun because he takes hits so well. He's so little he can fly cr- fly across the ring. Yeah. Yeah. Good for you, Marco. I guess you got to find... Is Wardlow next? I don't know. You got to go to the next big guy to get destroyed. Uh, I think Wardlow's probably beat him up before. Oh, Wardlow probably. doesn't have many matches, but was one of them with Marco? No. No? Okay. But he should. Oh, no. We're almost out of our wine. Oh, this is too heavy. The bottle of wine? That is empty. Well, no, we put the husky on it. Oh, the heavy. husky. Megan, we had quite an experiment over this quarantine. When the quarantine started, Andy got me a Corvin X. Corvin 11. Corvin 11. That was fucking awesome, but way too expensive. But I used the Corvin 11 for five weeks. Nice. And we had to return it last week to Best Buy because it was too expensive. And I tried to use my Corvin today. It's a piece of shit. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> and it's so sad. What is happening over there? I, I really like my my nice Corvin back, but it was too expensive. And I couldn't even I couldn't get the Corvin into the Icaro. Oh no, no. What? They, yeah, they added some like uh like basically like features that made it like grip on e- more easily and, and uh, release more easily to the newer models. That uh, that the the two does not have. Ah, uh, sad. I I'm sad for you. Yeah. You're like a Corbin power user, which I know because my mom never uses her Corbin, and I always think what a waste. And I always tell them about how Jenny is like. Very into the Coravin, uses it for everything, has tons of bottles of Leadson, and has tasted some of them. And I'm like very jealous. And my parents are like, Yeah, we usually just open the bottle. I'm like, okay. Yeah, before Andy started drinking red wine, I was like Coravinning a lot, a lot. But now that Andy is drinking the red wine, I Coravin less. But with the new Coravin, I was Coravinning a lot more because it was easier. Mm hmm. But now that the new Corvin is gone, you're back. back to, back to less Corvin. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm sorry. It's a Sad. tough situation. Sad. <laughs> Good luck editing this episode, Andy. Thank you.
John Moxley is here, guys. And by here, I mean in a desert with Renee filming him, probably. <laughs> this was this is my highlight of the show. I this like warmed my heart. Um, love him so so much. But uh, he, John Moxley, I think gives us hope. Uh, he said it's <laughs> it's only been eight weeks since Revolution, believe it or not. And oh my god, it feels like it's been four years. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not eight? joking. It feels like it's been four years since Revolution. It feels like we have had this podcast for eight years, and it has been four years since Revolution. March and April were very long. We're still in April, technically, but not tomorrow. Right? Are we out of April tomorrow? When people listen to this, it'll be May. It's been (gasps) a while. It's been a while. Yep, I knew it. I triggered that. (laughs) Yeah, but it's only been... Oh, Sorry. man. Jenny, big stained fan in the house. <laughs> it's only been eight weeks, guys, since Revolution. And um, I'm just John- I'm sorry. You, you said that again to get us back on track. But how is that possible? Because this all happened very quickly. I mean, the virus, not Revolution. That that really puts things into perspective, right? Because it really does. Let's like pause, listeners. Let's pause for a second. Are we silent while they're paused? <laughs> I don't understand what this exercise is. Are we having a moment of silence for COVID nineteen? <laughs> pouring out for my homie COVID nineteen. We should not be pouring out for. We should be pouring out. <clears throat> That cough was not COVID, I hope. Yeah. I did not have a fever this morning. Well, uh, you know, we'll get some testing devices around someday. And then we I can... heard that uh, they're doing some drive-up testing at the Franklin Park Conservatory starting this week. Yeah, I think. They're trying to get it into, like, Walgreens and stuff, too, but... It just feels like more of a risk to get COVID to go in to get the test than to, like... Hey. Yeah. I know. I just... I really hope I've already had it and I just didn't have any, like, symptoms. I need to break in here for a minute to, um, to tell you about a deal at Macy's that I just want to make sure that you're going to pass on. Me? Yeah, you. Me? Is it is it Corbin deal? Yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> She's okay. not gonna pass on it. I'm so, drunk. So they've got the Corbin Model Three. Oh no. Which She's is the one? Which is the one with the the first one has the smart grip thing. Full on buying this. For so you know it's usual one ninety nine. It is. They have a uh, a thirty percent off code, which makes it one forty. That's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty good deal. It's a pretty fucking good deal. Yeah. But it doesn't have the automated pour. No, it doesn't. Which I found was nice. <laughs> so if you liked the Coravin, why did you return it? $550, Megan. I... Yeah, but... <laughs> you use it all the time. <laughs> I don't know, like... <laughs> I pay more for my phone and I use that every day. 
It's true. All a value proposition, really. Megan makes a good point. That's why when Andy told me this, like, smart thing on the quarter of in three, I was like, well, I'm not going to pay $200 when I could pay $550 to get the better model. I would like I would like the Corvette 11 to come down to 400. Okay. Keep a price watch on it. I think it's worth it at 400. Why it wasn't worth it at 550 listeners is that it claims it's automated, but you still have to hold the bottle and the Corvette. If it's automated, it should do it itself. Do you just want to, like, set a bottle down and then, like, <laughs> magically have a glass of wine in your hand? Yes! I want a robot to do it for And me. you won't pay $500 for that? <laughs> well, because it's not that. If it was that, I would pay $600 for that. Okay. This is... I mean, she's right. It is not that. Our robot overlords are going to murder us, and it's because <laughs> of things like this. <laughs> Anyway, I thought the Moxley promo was the best thing on the show. I loved it. I love that John Moxley is our badass leader in these times of crisis in AEW, <laughs> where he is both very scary and ready to like throw down with anyone, but also has a message of hopefulness where this is a time of togetherness, people. You gotta be nice to your neighbors. You have to support your local businesses by ordering takeout. And for the love of God, don't forget to call your grandmother. But also, any challenger who steps up to him better remember they do it at their own risk because he's willing to basically risk life and limb to keep a hold of that bill. So I just love the dichotomy, and he's so great. And oh, John Moxley, you're my favorite. That's great. And Megan, what are, do you know what the four things that he's thankful for are? Renee. His dogs. His truck. His truck. And his grandma. I think he said Jack Daniels, my wife, steel chairs, and AEW coming back live next week. I wrote down AEW coming back live next week, but I missed the other ones. It's nice that he put his wife in there. Yeah. Renee's great. Right ahead of steel chairs, right after Jack Daniels. I, I like that he mentioned, too, that his wife, after eight weeks in quarantine, he was driving her nuts. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I bet think, he is, yeah. Oh, I yeah. think that's oh, yeah. a feeling a lot of couples yeah. are feeling. I can attest to the fact that, well, so grateful to have my husband in quarantine. There have been, it's, it's we share a workspace. It's a lot of, it, Emily, it's a lot of bickering. My my you roommate. Sad. I'm sorry. No, my roommate and sister told me today that because I had not been to Columbus for a weekend in a really long time, <laughs> she's basically not had time to herself and she's tired of it. And I'm like, oh, okay. What do you want me to do about it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, cool. I am not sure how to fix this problem, but it's good to know that you are tired of me. <laughs> We uh we were bickering so much the one day when we went out for a walk. I almost suggested separate walks just to have like separate time from each other. Yeah, this was a this was a real problem, and I think no matter how much you love a person, oh, just twenty four seven with them, it's, it's gonna great on your lives. Well, and especially twenty four seven with a person like when Andy and I go on vacation, 
I don't bicker with him because we're on vacation and it's fun and it's happy and it's carefree. 24-7 with a person with all of this fear and anxiety and stress from the work. Like, that is, God, that takes a toll on you. And obviously it comes out because there's no one else for it to come out on. Yeah. I I feel like that's why this promo is amazing. It's because it addresses that. And it's like, <laughs> this is normal. This is where we're all at, at best. I mean, it can be a lot worse but uh, we're, we're all going to get through this together and support your local businesses. What are the four things each of us are grateful for, like John Moxley, during this time? Number one, John Moxley. <laughs> number two, my dog. Nice. Number, number three, weekly podcasting with you. Yes. Obviously. Uh, number four, wine. Mm-hmm. Andy? What? What are the four things you're grateful for? Like John Moxley. Um, I get to see so much more of my wife than I used to. That's nice. Um, this podcast. Um, uh, uh, um, meal kit delivery services. Yep. Hell yes. And, uh. That's a fourth one. That's a good fourth one. I don't know. Chocolate Cafe still being open. <laughs> That's funny. Um, I'm going to go with one. Having my husband in quarantine. Two, champagne. Three, this podcast. Because I get to talk to you and Megan. And that is awesome. It is my favorite part of the week. Other than drinking champagne. Well, often you're doing both at the same time. Yes, that's true. And for our deck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it is getting nice outside these days. It is. I will sometimes go out there in a winter coat and a blanket just to get out of this house. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, so I I feel like... Oh, can I put a fifth in there? I want to put Bravo in as my fifth. (laughs) Like, yeah, you thank can... you, Bravo. Your list can be as long as you want it to be. <laughs> but this, I, I agree with Andy. This is, like, my favorite part of the show because it was so uplifting and also just fun and light. And also, John Moxley reminds us he's champion. So I think he he did good at his job as a wrestler, but also, like, thank you for making me feel happier. Yeah. 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 It was like you said, it was very uplifting. Yeah. I wish and- we had a dog right now. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. Of course, we might, if we had a dog, we might just be like stress out about the dog. That's true, but it'd be nice to play with something. Yeah. You got to walk the dog, which involves going out. That wouldn't be a problem. Mm hmm. Um, I think I'm going to steal lilacs outside. Okay. From your neighbor? You want to go do it right now? Uh, No, because it's really dark. I was thinking, like, you're going to go dig up lilacs and then put them in your yard? No, they're blooming. The lilac bushes are blooming at some of my neighbors. But I have determined that those are large bushes and those would, would be planted by the condo community. 
So those are condo lilacs. Okay. Okay, Jenny. Right, you should last, do it. I mean, do it either guess. way. I'm going to do it tomorrow. I almost did it on our walk today, but I didn't have a scissors. All right. It was broad daylight. Mm-hmm. That didn't bother me so much. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on to our main event. It is the TNT Championship semifinals match between Lance Archer and Dustin Rhodes. Clearly meant for next week. Yep. As you mentioned, Brandy had a costume change and was fine. Not injured at all, so. <laughs> Guess we're not getting the Nightmare Collective. And we're all fine with that. Yes. <laughs> we are all fine with that. Um, Lance Archer enters the ring by dragging poor little Justin Law out. I guess he was just beating him up for fun in the back and wasn't done. It's kind of like when you're like trying to eat your lunch really quick before you get back to work. Um, he just kind of dragged him out so that he could finish beating him up and then left him there. I love and, that he just pounds on randos. Yeah, I like that he brought his own fun this week. It wasn't just like walking past the the like sides or the barriers and just punching some random person. It was like, no, no, I'm just doing this for fun already. I'll bring him out. Yeah. So, um, Lance is a scary man, though would marry in our scenario. <laughs> and Because um, we know what he looks like without the scary face. Beautiful eyes. Uh, but Lance gets the win over Dustin as well. And it is very violent. He repeatedly slams his head into the mat. And it's just a whole thing. So this this was like two very tall men going at each other, but Lance is very scary. Megan, before we talk about this match uh, in detail, which we won't because that's not what we do, but uh, <laughs> do you think that being married to Lance Archer would grant you access to a Chris Saban hall pass because <gasps> you could just say that like you got confused. Yes. Wait, <laughs> wait, wait not Kip Saban. No. Who's Chris Saban? He's a guy who Lance Archer uh, like looks like if he's not all like if he has all his hair cut and stuff. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, yes. And Does then, that work for twins? Yeah. Somehow I want to... Can we work in Alex Shelley just he, because? He looks, nothing, he looks nothing like Chris Saban or Lance Archer. Megan, if you're going to marry Lance Archer, <laughs> you should be faithful to Lance Archer. <laughs> I can't believe Jenny's yelling at me about something that the Mary fuck kills you. If you wanted to fuck Lance Archer and anyone who looked like Lance Archer, you could have fucked Lance Archer, but you chose to marry him. Uh, I don't even know how to take that. I think Andy's right. I'm going to go with Andy's thing. Now, and Andy. Yeah. Could Do I have a whole pass to fuck anyone who's like you in looks? Yeah, you can fuck Seth Rogen. I was going to say, you get Seth Rogen, but... And that's not a shot at Andy. That's just saying, like, you get Seth Rogen, Jenny, when he's in town. I don't, I don't want Seth Rogen. 
It's not my problem. <laughs> this was a good line of questioning, though. So, like, it's a lot <laughs> to think about. I just also feel like I would marry Lance Archer because I'd want to be, like, basically first lady to um, the guy who just kills everyone. Yeah, that'd be feel pretty good, right? I would like a position of power in this company. Kind of what Caitlin uh, Hager wants but can't get. Is that Caitlin? So this match was really long. It was. It was. They did like a three-second match. Which, you know, I mean, it wasn't bad, but it's like... It was really long and Dustin bled. Of course he fucking bled. Of course. I apologize, listeners, for the cursing. Why? I do it all the time. No, I did it a lot today, and it's because I had been pre-drinking while watching Bravo. Dustin bled, because of course he did. Yeah. I think the match was fine. Yeah. How do you feel about, like... Do you think Lance is still scary? Because at the beginning of the match, when they seemed equally matched... I was worried that they were just going to waste Lance, and then Lance got very intimidating and scary near the end. Yeah, no, I thought it was fine, because, like, even though it was a long match, a lot of the times when Dustin would go on offense, Lance would react by laughing at him. Yeah, that was fun. I did enjoy that. (laughs) Yeah. So he didn't seem like that. It was was almost like it was more of, like, a, a, a cat playing with a mouse than, like, two, like, equal opponents. Yeah, okay. I like the match, but I also thought it would have been nice if it was quicker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's a totally personal preference because I feel I like just, we feel like that with most matches. Um, I don't know. Like, like quicker matches. Megan and I like a oh, quicker pace. I thought you were like roping me in on that. No. It's it the pacing. I want to I want to <clears throat> distinguish the pacing versus just like I only watch three minute matches because no I, no no. no. But yeah, this was like a slower time to recover and fake cut yourself bleed match, which yeah, it was. A we very, don't need that extra time. Yeah, it was a very slow burn. Like I did like the cat and mouse aspect of it, but I also thought it went for a really long time with that dynamic and Lance. As much as he's been built up thus far, should have been able to maybe end this a little quicker. Yeah, I think you know we're still kind of in like time filling mode, and uh, that's fair. I guess that's the end of the. This is the end of that, though. Yeah, apparently. I mean, I thought the ending of this match where um, QT Marshall ran out and he had like the white towel and he was ready to throw it in, but then Cody ran out to prevent him. And I guess Dustin didn't want it thrown either, but like the way it ended up with Lance dragging Dustin away from them and then just like full on slamming his head into the mat was very visceral and very violent. And I thought that was a cool way for Lance to end this match. Yeah, me too. And he just, he kind of like got the pen by like putting his shin on uh, Dustin's neck. Yeah. Cause he had just destroyed him. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited for, you know, even though I thought it was going to be Darby, I'm excited for Lance versus Cody. Especially now, like, he beat his brother, like, to a bloody pulp. Yeah. And so you think Lance is going to win, and I think Lance is going to win, and Jenny thinks Cody is going to win. Just some hubris. Hubris. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, Lance Archer kicked out of the crossroads at one. He did. He's not taking that shit. And also, uh, Dustin tried to do the the slap where you dropped your knees and slap. The uppercut thing, yeah. Yeah, and Lance was like, no, and he caught his hand. <laughs> so, there were some good moments. I think Archer is awesome. When he, oh my god, can I just highlight? He oh, walked, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. Yes, he walked the top rope yes. and then did a moonsault from the top rope, oh. and that was awesome. Well, let, let's not say it was like effortlessly. I said expertly. Expertly, Expert yes. Effort. But yes. It, it was no game. Ray Phoenix, but it was very impressive. No. That, I was so happy to see that, but I was also a little sad. I was just thinking, like, oh, man, can you imagine the pop that would have gotten in front of, like, 5,000 people? Oh, yes. That would have been yeah. so good. Does he do that a lot? Like, in he, did that, he did that in New Japan, yeah. Okay. Okay, so maybe one day we'll see it with a crowd pop, but I just was, like... Having not seen a ton of him and him doing that out of seemingly nowhere, I was very into it. I thought that was awesome. I think as far as like anybody, as as much as anybody can get over in these uh, cool times with no with no fans in the buildings, I think I think they've done a great job with Lance Archer and Lance Archer's, Archer has done a great job himself. Did Lance Archer premiere in these quarantine times or right before? No, like right before. That's what yeah. I thought. But he, I don't think he started wrestling until... Uh, but Brody Lee premiered in these quarantine times. And Matt yeah. Hardy. Oh, well, fuck yeah. Matt Hardy. Well, he's pairing up with Kenny Omega next week for... No, thank you. Uh, yeah, against Les Sex Gods. <laughs> that's right. That's a, that's, a pretty, like, that's a pretty awesome match, I think, on paper. Yeah, I didn't realize that that was... Like, um... They didn't allude to it during the show at all, and then all of a sudden it was like, and this is happening. I didn't think we were going to get a Jericho quarantine match. No. I mean, he didn't RSVP to Matt Hardy's thing, but I guess this is it. Yeah. Huh. Good show. I liked it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm totally fine with them just taping. You could just keep taping. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, please just keep taping. Yeah. I mean, you guys aren't wrong. So, hey, let's talk ratings. Because um, there's a couple of different aspects of ratings to talk about. Uh, one is the ratings from last night. And the other is a, a broader picture of what ratings have been doing in this uh, empty arena era that John Pollock put together on Post Wrestling yesterday. Interesting. He uh, So what he did is he looked at the average from January 29th until March 4th. For those six episodes, I'm sorry, to March 11th for those six for those uh, seven episodes, and then and then he looked at the six episodes since that have been, you know, without. So so NXT averaged 745,000 viewers from January 29th until March uh, 11th. In the six episodes since the Empty Arena era, they've averaged 642,000 viewers. So their average has dropped 14 percent. Just that, that's that's the empty arena factor. I think it's fair to fair to say that. Um, or I mean, I guess it's it's that plus the the you know president ranting COVID nineteen press conferences factor too. But but anyway, uh, and then AEW 
averaged 873,000 viewers from January the 29th till March 4th, or so March 11th. And then from the 18th until April 22nd, they've fallen 13% to 758,000 viewers. So a very similar drop-off. And beyond that, Raw has also is also down 13% in that same time frame. So I just thought it was interesting that like all three shows are pretty much down the exact same amount. So there's like, it seems like there's the exact same amount of people who are not willing to watch an empty arena that makes sense. wrestling show. That feels right. Yeah. Okay. Megan? Yeah, because you're going to have crossover audience between those things. And if you're if it's not your bag to watch an empty arena, then you fall off all of them, right? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah. Uh, SmackDown has actually done a little better, but I think, and, and he kind of says, he thinks a big reason for that is that um, they had like John Cena on that show a couple of times in the build up to WrestleMania. Mm. And that probably like juiced those because because those ratings have also dropped a lot in the last two weeks, so they're not so much over the average at the same right. Weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, John Cena is pretty great as a person. And as for just uh, last night's ratings, this is from WrestlingObserver.com. Wednesday night ratings are in, and AEW Dynamite averaged six hundred ninety three thousand viewers for last night's show on TNT, down five point two percent overall from last week. The good news is that the show averaged a 0.27 rating in the 18 to 49 demo, which was up 8% from last week. So worse overall, but better with the, uh, the younger That's viewers. kind of strange. It's the show's best number in that category since March 25th. Dynamite finished 16th for the night on cable in the demo. It's best showing since the move to close set shows. Uh, the numbers weren't so good for NXT, which fell out of the top 50 for the fifth time in the last six weeks. Averaging a .16 rating in 18 to 49. And wait, wait a second. This was with a live show. Yeah. The, the audiences. This was a live show. Yeah. And they went down 11% from last But, week. like, again, what does that even mean in this era? Well, I think that's, that's, Jenny's, that's Jenny's point. That's my point. I'm agreeing with you, Megan, of, like, a live show with no audience means nothing. Oh, so make you, the show any better. I'm totally agreeing with you. Oh, yeah, you're saying, like, they should not do live shows because clearly it doesn't help. Exactly, because you're still going to get the same results. I mean, there's no more energy with a live show with no audience versus a tape show with no audience. Mm-hmm. So total viewers, NXT averaged 637,000 viewers on USA Network, down 4.2%. Their lowest uh, number since April 1st. So, so AEW, yeah, unfortunately for them, down a little bit from last week overall, but up at the demo. So, I'm surprised they're up in the demo by that much. Yeah, me too. Okay, dark preview, no idea. <laughs> uh, I, Another 16-minute show. Probably, I presume this will be the last week from uh, the Georgia uh uh, there's got to be a lot of matches on the cutting room floor then. I bet so, yeah. And as for Dynamite next week, here's what's announced. It will be a live show, but uh, we know we know MJF is going to be there for the first time in a long time. We know Cody is going to wrestle Joey Janela. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I hope his hair is on point. Yeah, me too. With no hairdresser 
I don't know that we can assume that. Yeah. We don't know that they don't have a hairdresser back there. I guess Reva, maybe. Yeah, WWE yeah. does. The reason is they got hair and makeup working. Great. We got Frankie Kazarian versus John Moxley. Damn. And, of course, as uh, Megan mentioned earlier, the Sex Gods, Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, take on the scintillating tag team, sure to replace Megahung and Jenny's Heart as the number <laughs> one tag team in AEW, Kenny Omega and Matt Hardy. <laughs> Just call him Mega Hunk now. No. Yikes. <laughs> But yeah, that's it. So I guess it's just uh, sit back and see what happens next week with the uh, with the big live show. I can't lie. I am excited for it. I feel bad about being excited for it, but I am excited for it. I mean, I'm starting to wonder if you should really feel bad because they're going to do it either way. So it's like, fine. Megan's fine. turning on me. <laughs> I'm not turning on you. I'm just, you know, like I, I'm not gonna leave my house just because some people do. But I guess if if they're going to do this and it's filmed, I will watch it. You know, and if they're gonna do it, at least they're doing it in Florida, where you can always just kind of count on people to do stupid shit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's like I watched the- Tiger King. That was a bad idea, but. I oh, did. I love Tiger King. But that was like part Florida, part Oklahoma. But the problem with this is that people are traveling to know, Florida and then was, traveling back. I understand that I was making a Florida joke. No, I know you're making a Florida joke. And, you know, like, I don't know. The thing is, people are going to do this regard, And this is outside AEW. Like, uh, people all over the country are making very bad decisions because they can. They're Americans and we have rights or whatever the hell they decide to say um, my body my choice let's really just adopt that phrasing that's not already being used by a whole separate cause whatever that the uh, people who are using this cause don't believe in exactly so I guess I just figure like it's not just your body no wait we, wait have the reopen has the reopen the country movement co-opted my body my choice uh yes is that real Yes, there are. But it's not my body, my choice. It's like my body and everyone I interact with, my choice. Oh my god, I didn't know that that was so fucked up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I lean more towards like if you're gonna use that phrasing, then I guess you're cool with pro-choice because you can't just take. But you know, those people aren't cool with pro-choice. No, they're only cool with it when it's very specific to the exact thing they want and not. quote unquote killing babies or whatever but like here's the thing this is not just you that's the whole point of this fucking pandemic it's not just you that you're impacting it's impacting anyone you come in contact with yes it's not just my body my choice it's my body plus every person i fucking interact with every person they interact with and every person they interact with and their choice so it's not your fucking choice you fucking idiots that's the uh, true irony and injustice of it is that um, they're not cool with ladies being like, my body, my choice, as far as reproductive stuff goes, which impacts literally nobody else. But they are cool with it so that they can go to a bar and, you know, do whatever the hell they want. Other people be damned. So it's like a just 
multitudes of what the fuck, <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that's, that's happening. Mind fuck. That's happening. Um, yeah, and they are co-opting pro-choice phrases, and it's just like, cool, what are you doing? But, you know, it's America. People have rights. We really need to get out and eat at restaurants and go to bars and, you know, just generally intermingle in a way that is not conscientious of a global, not just America, full-on global pandemic. So, um, if in this mess of a situation AEW decides to film, I guess I'm going to watch it. And I'm not the biggest war criminal in all of it. That's where I choose to land on it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you should feel guilty for watching it. Um, I think they should feel guilty for putting it on, but I don't think you should feel guilty for watching it. I mean, on some level, I... It's almost like, what are the ethics of... This is rhetorical because it's a whole huge giant conversation, but, like, the ethics of, like, delivery food. On one hand, you are supporting the restaurant and the people doing that work. On the other, you're encouraging people to work in a situation that is both risky to their lives and, in theory, should not be necessary. So, is it good or bad to do that? Um, AEW's filming stuff live and putting it on their television show. Is it good to support that or bad to support that? Because on one hand, you don't want to support this mentality and putting people at risk but at the same time like i don't want aew as a company to go away so i want to support the product they are putting out so here i am in this quandary and i guess i'm landing on watching it i ordered delivery food i tip very well but yeah i mean i think where you stand like you're you're not it's like a good place if you do a good or bad it has rippling effects either way so (laughs) it's true I, th- I think that's a really good analogy, and I think that, um, you know, maybe there are some slight differences just with the, like, the person delivering your food trying to make rent and put food on their selves and their family's plates, and the local business owner trying to put, keep their business in, in place and be able to still be open past the pandemic and again put food on their plates and their family's plates versus the billionaire tony khan having a business trying to put entertainment content out there for individuals so there are similarities and there are differences I mean, totally true. If we boil it down to the very, 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 very highest level, yes, in that, which we that's don't, all I'm boiling down in, to. In which we don't take into account any of the other stuff. Right. I would equate it to, like, I order food from my local restaurant because I want them to be around. I will watch AEW and give them the views because I want them to stick around. I know there are things happening behind the scenes and there are layers and layers and layers and, like... DoorDash and Uber Eats are very evil in the fact that they're still taking tons of money from the restaurants that they're delivering to and, you know, workers' rights and all that stuff. But if you just ignore that and at the highest level, do you want the restaurant to live? Great. Do you want AEW to survive? Yes. So I'll watch their damn show. I don't think it's great that they're doing it live. I think they could totally take advantage of tapings and without a crowd, it all looks the same to me. But here's where we're at. And that's what I'm doing. I'm going to watch their damn show. 
and I'm going to give them the views and I want them to stick around, but also I have problems ethically with it. Well, I can't think of a better note to go out on. So for Jenny and for Megan, I'm Andy. Thank you all for listening to the Elite Beat. E, beat, beat. E, E, beat, beat.